Hey, this is Aaliyah Henry, host of the Charity Talk Show on Fishbowl Radio Network. Check out the show every Tuesday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time in the Blue Stream. Expect to hear about nonprofits, philanthropy, and how to help impact the community. Don't miss out. Charity Talk with Aaliyah Henry. On FishbowlRadioNetwork.com. Jump in. Good afternoon, and you are listening to Charity Talk with Aaliyah Henry. Welcome, everyone. I hope everyone is doing well, and I appreciate everyone that has tuned in online or if you are watching on Facebook Live, and I appreciate your support. See a couple of people have jumped on. We are really excited um, to be in the studio today. Um, I am very humbled by my guests and the work that they do, and I'm just really excited to bring it, uh, bring the issues, and bring this discussion um, today to everyone. And for those of you that are new to the show, Charity Talk's been on almost, we're going on in our third year, and, um, you know, my ultimate mission was to just build a platform and have a voice, and so this has um, been one of my greatest projects, and I'm just honored to be able to have been in the Dallas-Fort Worth community, community and have so much support for the nonprofit community and the work that we do. So, um, again, thank you guys for just supporting uh, my vision um, and offering your time um, every week to listen to some amazing nonprofits and really take some deep dives into some very intimate and critical conversations that affect our community. So my guests today are from New Friends, New Life, and this is their first time being on Charity Talk. So again, I'm very honored. Want to give a shout out to the staff, uh, volunteers, and board of directors of New Friends, New Life. Uh, and we hope that they are all tuning in at their watch party <laughs> on site. And uh, so they get a they get a free break, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Uh, we just appreciate the support, and we appreciate all you do. So thank you. So I want to introduce my guests, and I'll start on my right with Kimber Kim Robert Robinson, who is the chief executive officer. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm great, thanks. <laughs> and Bianca Jackson, who is the Chief Development Officer. Hi, Bianca. Hello. And Jessica, I want to make sure I get your name, Brazil, right? Just like the country, you got All it. Right. <laughs> Jessica Brazil is the Chief Programs Officer. And today we are actually kicking off Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And so in January is a very important time to bring uh, to the forefront the issues of um, human trafficking. And so uh, Bianca, Jessica, and Kim are here. We're going to do a deep dive. Um, but I first want to um, want the audience to kind of understand a little bit about what New Friends, New Life does and so that that puts you kind of into, per into uh, perspective of our conversation today. 
And so I want to just jump right in because we've we've only got, I always feel like we don't have enough time to really talk, but we've got a lot to cover. I want everyone to tune in, um, take notes, and also if you have a question, please go to Facebook Live and post your question in the comments section for Kim Bianca or Jessica or just a general question surrounding human trafficking as well. We'll try to pick up those questions as we move along in our com conversation and discussion today. So I'm going to just, um, I'm going to jump in and um, pose the question to Kim. Um, you know, we're excited that you're here. So for those of you that don't know, um, Kim joined the agency last March as their chief executive officer. And just give us a quick uh, background um, of your background and how you came to New Friends, New Life. Yeah, well, thank you for having us here today. We are delighted to be here in January, as you said, which is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. I actually came to Dallas about 20 years ago, and I started in the for-profit arena, working for various consumer packaged goods agencies, largely on the marketing and brand strategy side. About uh, five years ago, I crossed over into nonprofit out of a need to make a difference, a need to be able to apply my skills to organizations that were in need of it. Um, I happened to be approached by the Girl Scouts of Northeast Texas and having a daughter at the time who was just beginning her teenage years, I was very much attracted to the idea of empowerment, um, character development for girls. Um, so I joined the Girl Scouts organization as chief operating officer. Last year, I was approached by the board members of New Friends, New Life. And um, they wanted to talk about the CEO position with the organization. And having had a background working on women and girls' issues, um, this platform was one that I could not say no to. So I joined last March, and it has been just a thrill to be able to work with women who so desperately need someone to advocate for them. They need healing and restoration, and that is what our organization provides. New Friends, New Life works to restore and empower formerly sex trafficked women and teens and their children and has been doing so for 20 years. Talk and share a little bit of the outcomes and the impact that the agency has directly in the community. Um, in terms of your family served, the women served? Yes. So there are a couple of components that um, we employ at New Friends New Life. So when a woman enters the organization, first we want to assess the level of trauma that she has endured. Um, our services first start with trauma-informed counseling so that she can heal the trauma of the past, make peace with her past, and have more mental stability as it relates to that. Um, then we also offer case management so that um, we can provide or she can provide for her basic needs. Um, she has shelter, she has food. All of those things are basic before any transformation can really begin. We also have a um, financial and jobs program. We know that financial stability is also one of those crucial factors uh, that is necessary for any woman to regain the life that she was um, 
um, meant to have. So we we actively work with them on those components, and we are based in um, a spiritual um, component as well. We offer sound spiritual support for individuals um, as a part of their healing process. That's good. Can you share some of the stats surrounding trafficking? Because I think one of the things as I was looking into um, articles and some of the um, really important cases that are happening the statistics were very alarming. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And what was most alarming for me is to know that Texas ranks second in the country um, in the number of cases of human trafficking. And in the Dallas area alone, an estimated 400 teens are being sex trafficked on the streets of Dallas each night. So often when you talk to people about sex trafficking, they think that this is just an international problem. You know, girls mm-hmm. are being kidnapped in the parking lot of Target right. and taken away to foreign countries and that is happening but by and large what we see day in and day out in our agency is um, girls who are being trafficked here locally on the streets of Dallas and in Dallas it is a 99 million dollar crime so it is a huge injustice Um, it's a form of modern day slavery that we have to work to continually work to overcome. Thank you for sharing that. I want to talk a little bit to Jessica. Mm-hmm. Jessica is the chief programs officer, and so she her role is to, you know, oversee the different programs that Kim spoke about. Jessica, can you talk about the Women's Four Phase Program, and um, also a little bit about the Resource Center as absolutely, well? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, over the the summer, we really looked at our adult women's program and wanted to find ways that we felt like we were doing things well, and then ways we could make things better. And so, really mm-hmm. spent that time kind of rooting out the things that we wanted to change and make different, and then kind of keeping the things that were working. So, over that course of time, came up with our four phase program. Um, Um, where women will start in one phase and there are goals in three main content areas. So that would be the three that Kim mentioned. So counseling, case management, and economic empowerment. In each of those categories, there are certain kind of milestones we want them to have accomplished. And then once they've accomplished each of those in that one phase, we will then move her up and have a ceremony to kind of phase her up into the next phase. And so wanting to kind of model it in some ways like a college would have different years, so freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior, um, that you start with foundational information that you need to get going and then each year kind of building upon those foundational skills so that as you gain more financial stability you can take on things like I'm going to reduce my debt or I'm going to improve my credit score but I can only do that once I have money that I have no I know is coming in um, every week to pay my bills to pay for food, kind of cover the basic expenses I would have. Um, So that's kind of what that outline of that program looks like. We kind of did a soft launch in October. We've had kind of increasing number of women coming in each month since we've done the soft launch and then 2019 is where we've kind of full full uh, tilt forward on that new program so it's exciting to see um, how that will be impactful in this coming year and then the youth resource center which is our our center for girls that are ages 12 to 24 um, was created last year um, grand opening was last year in partnership with the governor's office Um, and it is for females that are either we know have been sexually trafficked or at high risk of being trafficked so that would 
would mean that they have run away from home multiple times. We know have a history of child sexual abuse. There's domestic violence happening in their home. They're living in poverty. So those are kind of some of the risk factors. And if uh, with several of those are present at the same time, would make that child more at high risk. So having the space for them to come. The difference in the Youth Resource Center is it's a drop-in center. And so we're open Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. And youth can come in anytime they want. They don't need to have a scheduled appointment. They can come for an hour and come for a counseling session, or they can literally come when we open and stay all day long if they want to, which we have a handful that that's what they do. It's their safe place that they come and spend their days because nowhere else really is safe enough for them. Um, we provide food. We have the same services in our adult program. So we have counseling, case management, economic empowerment. And then we also have safe adults and safe relationships that, that can be built there as well. So we have youth mentors on staff that are um, graduates of our adult program and so we are able to identify with the girls and, and have a different role with them than our staff um, that aren't survivors. Um, it, within the trafficking um, movement and, and anti-trafficking movement, survivor leadership is a really important component to that, being able to have folks on staff that have had this experience so they can speak to that unique perspective um, that they're coming from. And I will add one thing that's critical for the Youth Resource Center is that um, we learned that the average age that a girl is trafficked on the streets of Dallas is 13 years of age. Mm -hmm. So by having this Youth Resource Center, which is open to girls as young as 12 years old, we are able to impact um, their lives when, it's, when it starts. Talk about, and, and this can just be an open question for all of you, talk about what happens and what are the challenges after 8 p.m.? That's a good question. So uh, luckily in Dallas, we ha there's a second youth drop-in center that okay. is also funded by the governor's office over at Promise House. So Promise okay. House is an organization that specifically works with homeless teens. Mm -hmm. They are, hours are a little staggered from ours. So where we are okay. open earlier and it close a little earlier, they open at a later time and stay open a little later. And so part of that is covered. I think they're open until 11 p.m. So mm -hmm. there's a kind of a, a coverage period in there where, where a youth okay. could go over to see them. But, but it is difficult. And so that mm -hmm. is part of the need for additional resources for housing for these youth. There, yeah. there isn't a trafficking-specific shelter mm -hmm. for trafficked teens yeah. um, in Dallas. And so mm -hmm. that, that is kind of a gap that's still needing to be filled, honestly. Yeah. And I think it's always great to talk about those gaps because sometimes the community thinks, well, if there is a shelter that's been provided, whether it's a family shelter, whether it's a teen shelter, then, oh, okay, problem solved. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and that's why I love to have these discussions mm -hmm. because right. it really talks about the things that aren't there too, mm -hmm. because those are issues that you know, we got to think about, and I'm sure it keeps you guys up at night, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so, but I also think it's great to talk about and have that awareness so that other people are really hearing it. Right. Um, and so it is important. And I just think about, you know, teenagers as, mm -hmm. you know, we all know, you know, from back in our, in our young youth years where, you know, your parents were probably telling you to come in way before it got dark, mm -hmm. That's right. but nothing good happens after dark. So, right. Right. you know, we've got to also figure out a way to, to keep them safe there Absolutely. too. But that is just amazing. Um, you know, what the youth center is, is going to be able to offer. And to your yeah. point, Aliyah, I heard a speaker put it so well. He said, you know, if we're ever going to fix or address 
trafficking, we have to understand that it sits at the intersection of so many other issues. So you can't address trafficking without addressing child abuse and domestic violence and Mm -hmm. poverty and lack of access to education. So we really, as a nonprofit community, depend on each other to really address the full issue. Yeah, No organization can do it alone. No. Mm -hmm. Yes, And that was another discovery for me when I started focusing on this issue, is the Mm -hmm. commonality of those predicating factors. So often um, we would equate sex trafficking to, you know, a problem that only happens with a population that has, uh, you know, economic challenges, Mm -hmm. um, a a certain race. Well, the research says that over 90 percent of individuals who've been sex trafficked have been abused Mm -hmm. in early childhood, whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, or neglect. Those factors led to them being vulnerable and able to be manipulated by a trafficker. Mm -hmm. And I think also, you know, when you talk about uh, children that are coming from homes without fathers, you know, we talk about having, you know, that, that dual unit. And most of our families that are in poverty are raised by single mothers, Mm -hmm. grandmother, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes aunts. And so that is a critical, it's just a critical issue. Right. And in most cases, that's how the pimp or the trafficker trafficker presents himself Mm -hmm. as a solution to a problem. You know, I can help you pay your mom's rent. I can, they don't know how to love you. I'll take care of you. He fills that void that's caused by, you know, being in a single parent home or the poverty or the other issues. So we have to seal off that access point. Um, It's not like the movie Taken in most cases, as we talked about. No one's, you know, they're not jumping out of bushes and snatching people. They're filling a true need. They're just filling it in a very evil Mm -hmm. and destructive way a deceptive way mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and it's also like let me be your safe haven mm-hmm. right you know almost to the point where they would really believe that that's right mm-hmm. and that's, that's hard right. that's hard that's right and then somewhere <clears throat> in that relationship it all turns right yeah. so none of this stuff is free I need you to go do this yeah. and once um, a girl or woman starts that life it is so difficult to stop that mm-hmm I want to talk um, about um, an article. I want to talk about a young woman. I want to talk about Cynthia or Centoya Brown. Mm -hmm. And this, um, I'll I'll just kind of sum sum up a little bit of of this for our our listeners. And so, um, and this is this is a great thing and a it's it's an interesting uh case and so centoya brown she's from tennessee and this young woman um actually was a victim of human trafficking Mm -hmm. um she as a young adult so not an adult Mm -hmm. she killed the man who um purchased her for sex when she was 16 and she was tried as an adult and so and tried with a 51 year sentence which is a life sentence so what i want you all to be thinking about now is here is this child who has got this life sentence that would be in an adult facility having to serve out the rest of her life for a crime but she was also a victim of a crime and so um, she has served in August she will have served 15 years 
and it was just recently announced um, that she's got clemency and this is huge y'all I just want y'all to understand like this doesn't happen Mm -hmm. I don't know if this has ever happened has it for anyone that I don't know. I it's rare. It's, yeah. yeah. It's not it's, common. Yeah, this is not common. So the the governor of Tennessee um, has ruled her clemency, her clemency. And so in August of 2018, 2019, she will be released. So in August, that will be the end of her 15 years. So she will have served 15 years. Um but while she was in prison, she has completed her GED. She has completed her associates. And currently right now, she's working on her bachelor's. So we're not talking about a young child that has all of these issues um, of crime that they've been out there robbing people mm-hmm. and stabbing people. You are talking about a child that was that was a part of this sex trade Mm -hmm. that killed this man to protect herself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I am just so, this is exciting news. Number one, because she gets a chance Mm -hmm. to live out the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And if you are a mother, (laughs) if you are a father or anyone who cares about humanity, um, this is huge. And so I wanted us to kind of take a deep dive into this so that our listeners can also understand a little bit more about this. And I want to pose these questions um, to either Kim or Jessica. Um, you know, here's a young lady who was really afraid to go back um, to this pimp, right? Mm-hmm. She had no money. What was she going to do? Um, you know, and so some of it could be that, it, you know, this is force fed, you know. Um, talk a little bit about this victim and um, talk a little bit about her her feelings and why she would feel she would need to stay with this man is is there can you guys kind of talk a little bit about that for our audience stay with this man meaning the pimp in the situation yes because he was pretty much the person that she trusted right right i don't know the background as to how long she had been with him Mm -hmm. but it is not uncommon for there to be threats um to varying degrees um verbal, physical, sexual abuse happening from the pimp to um, a victim of sex trafficking. And so it is common for women when they are sent out on jobs, they are given quota. Um, The amount of money they're required to make per night, if they don't come back with that quota, there is a consequence and usually it's a physical consequence. Um, And so it wouldn't surprise me, you know, it's very common for there to be threats of if you don't do this, you know, I will kill you. I will kill your family. I know where they live. And so Mm -hmm. my... What mm-hmm. I would say is is common for someone like Centoya, who there would be, a, she's 16. So what I also would say is that her brain is not fully developed at 16. And so her ability to think critically in that situation is not what it, an adult's would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is fear happening, which, and her brain hasn't reached full development yet based on her age. And so she's then goes to meet this John, goes to out on this job. He takes her back to her his house which 
from reading the article, it doesn't sound like she was expecting that to happen. Yeah. Um, and so increased fear in that regard as well. And and it sounds like there could you know be a moment of panic of what am I supposed to do? I'm mm-hmm. in this place. I don't trust this person. I don't know where I am. I know that I'm expected to bring back X amount of money to my pimp, who I believe's name was Cutthroat. Yeah, so, cut, you know... Yeah. Um, so it, he earned that name. And that's yeah. a, that's a, a yeah. scary moment, right? I'm mm-hmm. put in a position where I have to make a decision on mm-hmm. what am I going to do to help me feel the safest. And the person I trust the least in this perspective is this pimp who has so much control over my yeah. life. And I've got to find a way to keep him happy because that's the way that I stay safe. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, is, is this common for the women that you currently serve at New Friends, New Life, is it common for the victim to have had a past criminal record? Absolutely, yes. I would say it's actually the outlier that we have women coming in that don't have some sort of charge on their background. Um, So often those charges are charges of prostitution, things like that, because that's something they've been forced to do by a pimp, Mm -hmm. um, or that's been part of what has been expected of them. But then also within sex trafficking, there are things that pimps will require their girls and women to do that are criminal acts so that the charge is not in their name. So if if there is a conviction or an arrest the woman is arrested and not the pimp Mm -hmm. and so then that charge of all sorts of things honestly can go on their record theft fraud Mm -hmm. i mean all sorts of things that aren't necessarily related to the actual trafficking and sexual exploitation but they have been also forced into doing as a means of protecting that pimp and that's also a part of the manipulation. Um, a pimp understands that um, these charges will inhibit this victim from ever going out and establishing um, conventional employment without the help, you know, the yeah. massive intervention of someone. And that is something that they're feeding to them over and over again. You know, you are worthless. Um, there's nothing for mm-hmm. you if you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, look at your record. Look at your history. No one's going to give you a job. Um, so victims often feel as if there is no hope for them. Okay. So, you know, when we look at this case, um, you know, w- what is that telling us as a society? I mean, it- it's good news, right? But like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, it, this doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. Does this send two things does this send a message to other women that this that that this could happen for them or does it does it send the right or the wrong message I guess is my question I'm I mean I think we're all elated Mm -hmm. that she is getting a second chance but what is this going to happen in every case right if this does happen again You know, you're right. We're all elated that this has happened, but we're furious at the same time Mm -hmm. that she has had to serve, you know, 15 years for a crime that, you know, she basically had no control over. She was forced to do this um, through, you know, some sort of manipulation. Mm -hmm. Um, And what message does it send? Well, that's a tough one as well. I would say it sends a message of hope. Mm -hmm. Will this continue to happen? We don't know that. We certainly hope that it will. We certainly hope that 
our messages that women are forced into this life. This is not yeah. something that they would choose for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. no one would choose to be no. hungry and beaten. Um, you know, to be violated over and over again, to not be able to have a life of their own. No one would choose that. Um, but often if you're addicted to drugs, because that's the only way that you can endure this life, um, you know, that addiction is not something that you're going to be able to overcome without, you know, a pimp or a trafficker or someone feeding that habit. So there's very little choice here. Um, but at the same time, we have to um, begin to believe that this is hope because mm-hmm. without hope, women really uh, don't have much to hold on to, right? So uh, I'll take it as a start, and yeah. I hope that it continues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like We're starting to connect the dots, but we still have so far to go. Uh, we were yeah. talking about this earlier. I think it helped that she was 16 in the sense yes. that people did see her as a child. And when it comes to mm-hmm. the true definition of sex trafficking, there doesn't need to be force, fraud, or coercion if it's a minor. It is yeah. child sex trafficking, and it is a crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that same understanding and connection of dots needs to happen if it's a 27-year-old woman. Exactly. She is still being pulled by the same puppet strings, and that's where we still have more work to do. Mm-hmm. Because as a society, there are still so many people that think, well, she's chosen this, and she's making her own decisions. They're not oh, understanding yeah. that there is force, fraud, and coercion, and that she really has no choice. Mm-hmm. So although it's a great start, um, there were some factors yeah. that helped her case, exactly. but we need to further connect the dots um, for the general society for adult women, women too, that mm-hmm. they are being prostituted with that D on the end. They're yeah. not prostitutes. That's yeah. not a job yeah. that she is being prostituted. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think generally speaking, you know, this case is one example of this. But I think if if as a country we are wanting to make progress around ending sex trafficking, there are so many kind of macro level systems mm-hmm. we are going to have to work to impact in order to make any progress. Mm-hmm. Systems like violence against women, racism, poverty, education level, lack of, you know, lack of access to resources are all things that help perpetuate kind of this melting pot that allow sex trafficking, sexual exploitation of both adult women and children to fester, honestly. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, we wish, um, I want to kind of give a a little snippet. There was um, from um, Centoya Brown of what she said. um, And she said, with God's help, I'm committed to live um, the life to help others so that they won't be in the same position Mm -hmm. as me. And so, again, when you think about that and her response, and that's just a snippet of what um, she kind of went into, but it definitely shows that, you know, like you said, Bianca, I mean, no one wants this life. Mm -hmm. And she did what she had to do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we wish um, uh, Centoya Brown and her family well um, as the next year progresses and you know for her her release and we'll continue to to follow Mm -hmm. this case and um in hopes that it will really continue to stir up these conversations Mm -hmm. and our next steps in the advocacy of human trafficking absolutely yeah 
So I want to talk a little bit to Bianca. And so everyone knows that within a nonprofit organization, you know, in order to make all of the pieces of programming and advocacy um, work, you've got to have fundraising. Mm-hmm. And um, Bianca has joined New Friends, New Life um, back in August of 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, as their chief development officer, talk a little bit about what the current needs are for the agency and um, uh, what's your wish list and, and how the communi- community can get involved. Sure, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> but mm-hmm. as you mentioned, with every nonprofit organization, there is a financial need. We provide all of our services at no cost to our members. Mm-hmm. And so giving financially, giving dollars is the most direct way to help fund our mission. But some people aren't aware that there are many different ways that you can give. Of course, you can mm-hmm. always give online and get an instant receipt and know that you've made a difference there. But if you work for an organization or a company, ask them if they participate in United Way. We are a United Way service provider, so that's another way to um, support us financially. And also, if you are a part of a church or a sorority or a group that has grant funds available, let us know that we can apply. We would love to be able to tell our story to um, get funds that way. So there are a lot of ways to help us financially. That's always going to be a need. But particularly in this month, what we are looking for is increased engagement. We want our community members to get involved in very tangible ways. And you can do things like provide meal donations for us. Just about every evening we serve um, food to our members, both at the Youth Resource Center and our adult women. And so you can serve a meal for 20 to 25 people, and we make that really easy, too. You can have it catered, um, just make a phone call and have it delivered, or you can whip up some casseroles and bring it and serve, or you can just drop something off. So meal donations is an ongoing need for us. So much healing happens over meals, creating that sense of community. And it's a minimal investment to make a really long-term impact. And another um, way you can help us and increase your engagement is to participate in a very unique opportunity that we have to be a part of our sex trafficking awareness excursions. We have bus tours that um, happen just about every month where you um, get on a bus with New Friends New Life experts and law enforcement agents and take a tour of the city and see the impact of trafficking right here in, in the Dallas area and also learn what we're doing about it. We have a tour coming up on Tuesday the 15th. So listen and viewers can go to our website and register to be a part of that tour. I believe it's at 9.30 in the morning, but everyone who walks away, it's eye-opening in a way that you can't explain because, once again, it seems very foreign until you're driving Mm -hmm. by locations. You're like, huh, I didn't think that maybe this parlor could be a place where trafficking is happening or I didn't know this hotel or I I didn't know that these are signs Mm -hmm. that I can look for. So the bus tour is um, a a really great way to get engaged. And then as always following us on social media, we have such a fantastic following. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. That's a great way to find out real time what's going on. We chime Mm -hmm. in on those conversations. We were one of the, we were all over the story yesterday with Centoya Brown, just giving our input and educating the community about um, the issue. So following Mm -hmm. us on social media is a huge way to stay engaged this month. 
Well, that mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's it's always fun <clears throat> to know where to go because there's so many people that want to get involved, but they just don't know how. And, mm-hmm. again, these are really great ways to get involved um, and also to get your companies involved because I think this is this is not just – uh, new friends, new life issue. This is a community mm-hmm. issue. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, talk a little bit about your upcoming event um, and events that are coming up so that uh, the community can get involved as well. Yes, yeah, so we have really, we're really excited to participate in an event this Friday. It's called Wear Blue Day. Okay. It's actually put on by the Department of Homeland Security. So this is a nationwide issue. Uh, we are paying attention to the issue of trafficking and it's as simple as it sounds. You wear blue on that day. Okay. But the key is to not just wear blue, but to then post about it and talk about it. Okay. You would be surprised to know how many people in your own circle don't know that you care about this issue. Okay. So this would be a good way to wear your blue, post it on social media. The hashtags are wear blue day and our hashtag is stand for her. So you can post them with both hashtags. And that's a way to just raise awareness and conversation around something, letting uh, our letting survivors know that we see you um, and that we are standing for you. So that's really fun. And that's coming up on Friday. And then later this month, we have been um, invited to participate in the Gretchen Carlson um, Leadership Summit. She okay. is doing only four of these in the country, and some of you may know her. I think she's a former Miss America who has really um, taking, taken a stand on sexual harassment, gender-based violence, and issues that affect women based out of New York. But she has chosen Dallas as one of four locations for the summit this year. And New Friends New Life has been asked to lead one of the breakout sessions. That's exciting. Yes, it's open to the general community as well as survivors, anyone who's interested in making a difference and learning more. It's Saturday, January 26th at um, Catholic Charities, and our very own Jessica is going to be leading one of the sessions, so we're excited about that. But really, a great way to engage the community, and we're not the only partner. We are one of many agencies in town that are partnering on this issue, which once again speaks to the understanding that we can't do it alone. And mm-hmm. we want to be a part of this broader conversation to really shift the way we see these issues. So registration is free. They're also providing child care. That information's on our website as well on how to sign up for the Gretchen Carlson Leadership Summit. That's great. And will you give your uh, website handle for the listeners? Yes, it's newfriendsnewlife.org. Okay, good. That's good. That's good. Oh, really great things going on. Talk a little bit about... Kim, and I'll pose this to you. What are your goals for the 2019 year? Um, You know, this will be a new year for you and your team. And what do you foresee as those priority goals? Uh, And what's your vision? Yeah. Thank you for that. I love to talk about that. (laughs) Um, Well, we basically um, have wrapped our goals around four pillars. And those pillars are to empower, empower our women in um, even greater ways than we have done in the past. So as Jessica stated, we rolled out our new women's program and we're excited that that has had a couple of months and thus far we've seen success and we're going to continue to, um, to leverage that 
program. The next one would be to educate. Um, we are finding that there are so many misnomers um, and there's so much misinformation about okay. sex trafficking, how it happens, um, you know, where it's happening. And we see it as our duty to educate the community about um, those things. And we believe that by driving awareness and education that we will be enlisting other advocates for us. And then the next one is to continue to help eradicate it altogether. How can we do that? Through working with our legislature and law enforcement on um, measures that will enable that. So we are going to Austin in a couple of weeks to talk about ways in which we think we could impact this work. We're talking to legislature, le- legislators. We're continually talking um, and partnering with law enforcement on initiatives that um, or what they're seeing in the streets and initiatives that we should continue to um, to advocate for. And then the last one is to expand as an, organiz- or as an organization. Um, as we've said, we've had 20 years of success, um, and today we are servicing and helping over 200 victims of sex trafficking annually. That's women, children, um, and youth. And we desperately want to continue to expand our physical space, expand the staff that we have available to um, help victims. Um, We want to expand our ability to service youth. So expansion takes money, as we just said. Um, So we are actively engaging in um, new ways to um, enlist support supporters in the work that we do. So those are the four pillars, empower, educate, eradicate, and expand that we are focusing on for 2019 and beyond. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. You guys have a lot of work to do. And um, certainly this um, year isn't any different from any other year Mm -hmm. in the past. I think it's a great way to start um, with your senior team and um the remaining team that is is there you know it's it's almost like you it's new friends new life you guys got a new logo uh a while back right um, uh maybe a couple, a, couple, years yeah, ago, a couple years yeah a couple years so mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's nice it's 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 refresh, it's mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. refresh yes, you know to just yes. kind of see um you know the next you know village mm-hmm. um just kind of take this um, important issue and, and to the next level and so um, this is really exciting I'm excited to have had y'all here today thank you um, for having us no certainly just us. to talk about um, uh, talk about the issues but then also to give some information mm-hmm. because again I don't necessarily think that um, you truly understand exactly what's going on mm-hmm. and sometimes in movies and tv shows Mm -hmm. it kind of gives us a different type of pillar or view vantage view that vantage view of what is happening um but certainly um i hope that people will get engaged Mm -hmm. um and continue to be engaged with really just learning and understanding and i think that the education piece is key Especially since we have, you know, when you talk about the age of 13, mm-hmm. an average age of an American mm-hmm. uh, child um, being trafficked is, is very alarming mm-hmm. um, simply because that's, you know, sixth grade, sixth, mm-hmm. seventh right. grade, right. which is, you know, we're not talking about, 
you know, an adult. We were mm-hmm. talking about children at a young age being manipulated. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share that we did not talk about um, in terms of the organization or initiatives that you guys have? I would, um, Jessica, maybe if you could really share the true definition of sex okay. trafficking, mm-hmm. too, because I think that was new for me, even coming into the field sure. of really understanding what it means right. when trafficking okay. happens. Well, there was federal legislation that's actually mm-hmm. passed in 2000 um, mm-hmm. to kind of give definition, which is interesting if we go back to the Centauri Brown case, that was 2004, so very soon mm-hmm. after that federal legislation was created. But um, what that talks about is that sex trafficking is the force, fraud, or coercion that pushes someone into a sexual act um, that they are not wanting to engage in so with an adult and so if the victim is an adult so those three words are really important force fraud or coercion and kind of looking at the three ways that that might happen so you know threats to kill threats in, in any regard honestly um, coercing them to do that with promises of other things uh, any of those kind of capacities when it is someone under 18 the force fraud or coercion piece of that does not have to exist it is purely taking a minor and engaging them in some sort of sexual act in which that person takes the control of the, the, the trafficker, mm-hmm. takes the, the financial gain of that, and then is basically having a business run on exploiting this child, putting them out into sexual experiences and encounters. Um, so the same action, it looks the same, both for children and adults, but that force, fraud, or coercion mm-hmm. piece, um, as far as kind of legally proving sex trafficking, um, is required for adults. But what that looks like, right, is, is a, a girl, let's just take her, for example, and envision a 14-year-old girl who has been sexually abused by neighbor, whose, you know, father is abusing her mom, and so she leaves home often to get away from the abuse there, um, is out on the street, doesn't have a car, can't drive, is walking around trying to get to find friends, is approached by someone who then um, promises, hey, I've got a job that I can give you that will help, or hey, if you want to get a car, I can get you some work so that you can Mm -hmm. pay for that. Come with me. I know home sounds like it's not going well. I can take care of you. You can live with me. I'll provide housing for you that's safe. And for a while, that goes well because it it is part of that same cycle of violence that can happen in abusive relationships of there's kind of that honeymoon period. But very shortly thereafter, oh, I need you to go and do this thing for me. It's one time you don't have to keep doing it, and and, and that's it. She goes out on this job, and it is that she's been asked to go on a job where she's forced to have sex with this person who's paid for her. Mm -hmm. And from there, coming back, I don't want to do this anymore, and the response often is from that trafficker, that's fine. When you can pay me back for everything I've I've bought for you, you can leave. But at that point, she is continuing to live with him, and then that debt just continues to increase, and that's where that feeling trapped and being stuck in that really comes Mm -hmm. into play yeah you know this has just been again a just a really good conversation and discussion um thank y'all so much um for your time and um your willingness to kind of put this again to the forefront Mm -hmm. and you know i always think it's great to have these discussions and really be able to make sure that we are um allowing our community to see a bird's eye view into the work mm-hmm. that we do and so thank y'all today um for doing that because i know that and again we were talking off uh, offline earlier it's a hard this is a hard subject mm-hmm. and sometimes um it that's tough and people don't want to hear it and i am committed 
as long as I have the platform to talk about those these issues um you know there's there's going to be those great fun issues right Mm -hmm. that you know we're kissing the babies and hugging the babies Mm -hmm. but you know there's also issues that really need to be brought front to the forefront and i'm i'm excited to be a part of it excited to do it um look forward to coming out and doing a tour definitely would love to do the bus tour with some friends and so i'll get i'll get some folks together to do that as well here in that near future but thank you to Kim Robinson, the Chief Executive Officer, uh, Bianca Jackson, Chief Development Officer, and Jessica Brazil, the Chief Program Officer. Um, thank you all for listening in and tuning in. I see we had um, a few folks on Facebook Live, so thank you, everyone. I think, is that a question from Lynn? Oh, Lynn was saying thank you for the discussion. Thank you, Lynn, mm-hmm. for listening in. There's a glare on my screen, so I couldn't really see. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you to Gina and um, everyone else that's watching, Kimberly. And those of you that are also listening um, at your computer, at your phone. Um, but thank you very much for taking the time out, um, as always, to support Charity Talk and to support the nonprofit work that we are doing in North Texas. Um, I appreciate that as well. Um, tune in next week as we continue uh, our discussions with our nonprofits. Uh, check the Facebook page uh, for our newest guests for the next week's show. And if you have any questions, just give me a shout. You can reach me at um, Charity Talk. A-H. Uh, thank you to New Friends, New Life. And to all of you, it's time to go back to work. <laughs> We're going to sign off here in a few minutes. But thank you all so much. Um, love the fact that you guys had a watch party at the office. And so I hope you guys had a had a great hour supporting your senior team. You've got amazing leaders. Um, kudos leaders to you guys. Leaders are away. I'm like, what are they doing yeah. back at the office? <laughs> So, uh, but again, have a um, wonderful year and good luck to you all as well. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you.